0: what is his name i'm doing so poorly jesus
1: hello everyone you're listening to adolescence i'm finley and i'm sarah adolescence is
0: a podcast where we talk about everything relating to teens such as our favorite ships our favorite books today also not our favorite books and just general teenage life stuff
1: yeah so you already said it today we're going to be talking about book recommendations and books we do not recommend so i guess we're going to start off with our favorite books sarah do you want to talk about our first one
0: our first book is Six of Crows by Leigh Bardugo. Um, Leigh Bardugo has written a lot of books in this like universe that Six of Crows is set in, but you don't have to necessarily read the other books to understand what's going on, going on in Six of Crows. It's a fantasy story, and it's also a high story about six teenagers who are kind of rebels in their society, and they become friends, and there's some very good ships in the book and it's also you learn a lot about the characters and just general like personal challenges they face it's pretty cool
1: i love it because it's set in a really interesting world there are some superpowery type stuff it's it's fantasy but it's also kind of feels like a dystopian-y type world you know what i mean yeah it's set in this it's set in the city called
0: Ketterdome which is based off of, like, I think it's 18th century, like, Dutch cities, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And I always see, like, fantasy based off of, like, like French and English older cities, but it's pretty cool. It's, like,
1: Dutch. So this book, I read it when I was in, oh, my God, sixth grade, maybe even fifth grade and i was definitely too young when i read this book i've only read it once and i it's a it's a pretty dense book i would say what what would you say what would you recommend age range for this book
0: i think i read it in 7th grade and like by 7th grade i had read a lot of other like dense books but like really you can kind of take the book for like whatever you want like you can read into it and get super into it or you can just like read it as like a really like glossy over the surface pleasure read of course i would recommend like super getting into the book and into the story and i think it's harder to do that when you're younger but i
1: I feel like end of middle school is pretty good there are some more mature parts of this book that not not extremely explicit but like implied so i would say i i was probably too young as a fifth or sixth grader even though i was like a pretty I considered myself a pretty advanced reader, but, but but I did not understand a lot of things, so, but it's an incredibly interesting book, and I think it's very well written, and I think the best thing about this book is the fantastic diversity. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Like, I
0: think, I mean, obviously, like, racial diversity has been very prevalent in, like, recent literature, but also there's a, like wide representation of queer identities and also i feel like we don't see like size diversity like body size in a lot of books but six of crows does that really well and portrays body size in a really positive way that can be like really empowering and doesn't really address it as a problem or something any anyone has a problem with in the book
1: yeah, I think especially this genre of kind of YA-focused focus- fantasy, dystopian kind of adventure types books mainly have straight white protagonists and, like, a straight mm-hmm. white main couple. Like, you got you got Harry Potter, like, Percy Jackson, Divergent, um, Maze Runner, <laughs> uh, Akatar, you got... Oh my god, Sarah
0: like, J. Mass books, yeah. Yeah,
1: basically... I don't know i think this is a really refreshing book just because there's so many diverse characters and Mm -hmm. yeah i think it's i think it's fantastically written i would highly recommend it to anyone who's interested in the fantasy dystopian genre
0: yeah and even if you don't generally read fantasy or dystopia i think it's a great introduction to the genre that's not so like jarring and like fantastical
1: and it's not I feel like a lot of fantasy books are kind of have all the you know unicorns and fairies type stuff but like this one's very it's very it's very different and I think it's I think it's very unique
0: yeah and just like one more thing before I let Finley talk about the next book but I think in a lot of time in like fantasy books like there's just always this one crazy solution that works or like this random magical object pops up out of nowhere and solves the problem and i'm not to spoil the plot or anything but that doesn't happen in six of crows i think it's like fantasy written in this really kind of real way obviously there's still like magic and stuff that wouldn't happen on earth but it's this really like real way of writing that's kind of nice to read in the fantasy genre but i'll let finley talk now
1: I will give one critique to Six of Crows which is I do not like books that change point of view because usually, I don't know if this happens to you but I get attached to one character and I will just, I will just like want to read about that one character's point of view and if it keeps changing then I kind of, I don't know I get very confused. I don't know if you feel the same way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel similarly but i think
0: kind of six of crows is like i mean from the title it's clearly about six different people so i think the changing of perspectives is like important to the book and like i do have favorite characters of course (laughs) but i think it's kind of cool that it's about the whole group and also about their individual stories but also like all of their individual stories together
1: so maybe let's just do like a little a little ranking because we we love ships on this podcast. So how would you rank the three main ships of this book for everyone that has read this book? Um.
0: Okay Okay, they're all super good ships and they're super like unique and important and wonderful in their own ways. My personal favorite ship is Jeslin, The Six of Crows fandom calls it Wesper, but I think, I mean, Finley and I agree that we- that <laughs> Wesper's
1: it's not a great ship
0: name and it should be Jesslyn.
1: So That's Wylin and Jesper um, for... Yeah. Yeah. And then would you put... I, I, I think my personal favorite is probably Kaz and Inej. If very mm-hmm. close. But I just think... Yeah. Probably, by no fault of the other two shifts, Kanej has gotten the center spotlight. Or has gotten mm-hmm. the most developed over time. and I
0: think it's very developed, and I think it's also a good way of showing how, like, relationships can make people, like, into better people. And be, like, really supportive.
1: Yeah, I think that's fantastic. So... I'm going to be talking about, I think this is my favorite book of all time. I'm not even Honestly, joking. me too. Like, me too. <laughs> I read this about, for the first time, about two months ago. I just saw the cover, and the cover is stunning. And I just picked it up, and I read the blurb, and I was like, this is exactly the kind of book I would love. So this is Picture Us in the Light by Kelly Lloyd Gilbert. And it's a realistic fiction book about a Asian American boy named Danny, who lives in the Bay Area, which is where we're from. And he is an artist. And it's it's basically all about his journey through high school and his relationship with his friends and his family and his best friend, Harry. And it's just oh, my God. Do you want to talk about it a bit? Oh, okay. So
0: Finley recommended this book to me and I fell so absolutely in love with it. I was obsessed with it. I I reached out to the author and just gushed <laughs> for like this really unedited paragraph about how much I loved her book. Um and I think as someone from the Bay Area, like seeing the Bay Area portrayed as it really is, is like really important for me because I think, I mean, Silicon Valley is portrayed as this like crazy place with all these like rich tech investors. And yes, that's what it is. But like that environment also creates all these problems for like teenagers. And I think the book explores that really well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think a big part of the book is about mental health and about how in the bay? I feel like especially there's this large academic pressure. Especially in, well, I think you do you feel that at school? I think a lot of people, at yeah, school feel that. Yeah, and I think it's
0: definitely heightened when you go to these schools that are academically competitive and that you're paying money to be at an academically competitive school because the bay area has a lot of private schools and i think there's pressure in like public schools but especially at private schools you're you feel a lot of pressure to like do something good and get good grades with all the money you're putting into the education
1: so one thing i really love about this book as an asian american person is how good the representation was i think usually there aren't many asian american characters especially in ya literature and in this book all the characters were asian american and that was really amazing to see all the different types of asian americans and honestly it was really cool because i had been to so many of the places mentioned in the book like they talked about ranch 99 cupertino they talked about all they talked about san jose and all these things that they're doing around i don't know it was just it was just a fascinating read. And I I think it just personally I related to it so much, just to the characters and everything, which is why I loved it so much. Do yeah. you wanna do you wanna talk about the LGBT representation? Okay. I think
0: I mean as a member of the LGBTQ community, it's super important to see, like, representation in YA literature. Completely agree. And I think this this goes along with, like, the stereotypes of Asian Americans portrayed in literature. They're often, as Finley said, like, nerdy. And oftentimes, I feel like their identity as an Asian American is a main part of their identity. Yeah. And usually they're straight. And I think it's important to see characters who aren't white that are queer i think that's really important for not only like members of the lgbtq community to see themselves represented in literature but also other people to like dismantle the idea that a lot of queer people are like white which is a lot of the times what we see in the media
1: so nice yeah so the main character danny they never he never explicitly comes out like that's not part of his storyline at all but he does end up in a relationship with harry who's his best friend and i love how i i just love how that's not a big part of the book at all because i think sometimes usually when you have lgbt characters the main part of their storyline is just them coming out and them struggling with their identity But with this, it wasn't that. It was just, like, it was just such a nice relationship with two people who care so much about each other, and it wasn't about, like, labels or... Or that just wasn't, like, a main driving plot point. It was just a nice side thing. So... Should I talk about the next book? Yeah, since we're talking about LGBT representation, do you want to talk about I Wish You All the Best? Okay.
0: Okay. I Wish You All the Best is a realistic fiction book that, unlike Pictures in the Light, really focuses on the coming out experience for a member of the LGBTQ community. So the book follows the life or kind of the time around coming out in Ben's life. Ben is this non-binary character in the book and they face a lot of challenges and mainly family challenges And the book talk about how they deal with that and it also focuses a lot on the importance of relationships and positive relationships when someone is coming out and the importance of supportive relationships and Becky Albertalli who wrote Simon vs. the Homo Sapiens Agenda she has her little like quote about the book on the front and she says this book will save lives and I totally agree with her because I think a lot of the time coming out is super scary and when like bad things happen when someone comes out like they're um like thrown out by their family I think it's really important to see even if it's just literature and even if it's just fiction like people forming supportive relationships and people kind of finding small ways to overcome relationships that have been severed by them coming out and just being who they are
1: i also want to say i feel like non-binary people get zero representation like yeah i cannot think of another book at this moment that has a non-binary main character and i feel like identifying as non-binary gender fluid isn't talked about that much and i think I haven't read this book yet, but I'm I'm so excited to. And I think that this book could help a ton of people who are struggling with their identity.
0: So continuing on with the relationships in I Wish You All the Best, the main character, Ben, who's the non-binary character, they get into a romantic relationship with their friend. And I think it's really important to show non-binary characters in romantic relationships because even though... Like, non-binary characters aren't represented at all. They're even less represented in relationships.
1: Yeah. I agree completely. Um, so those are three fantastic books we would highly recommend. And now we're going to get on to two books that we would not recommend you reading.
0: Okay, what's the first one? Okay, thing? I'm
1: so excited to talk about this. Okay. It's Carry On by Rainbow, Rainbow Rowell. And I know if people already haven't, if I haven't already offended a lot of people, this is gonna, I know this is gonna offend so many people. But I will say, when I heard about this book, I was so excited because I was like, oh my god, this sounds exactly like something I would love, right? It's about this boy named Simon who's, it's a fantasy book and he goes to the school. And his roommate is um, a vampire named Baz. Is that a spoiler? I think it's not really a spoiler. I don't think a that's a spoiler. It's fine. Yeah. Anyway, um, some stuff happens that I can't quite remember because the plot details were a bit hazy. But we'll get into that later. But anyway, Baz and Simon are like have a very dreary esque relationship, and they end up together at the very end and it was a it was a interesting experience do you want to talk more about this i think
0: i think it's important to note that this book is very reminiscent of jerry very reminiscent of harry potter and as finley said they get together at the end the whole book is leading up to Baz and Simon getting together and it only happens in like the last I want to say like 12% of the book yeah and the other like 88% is incredibly dull in
1: my opinion I
0: agree and
1: like the last just seems like a ripoff of Harry Potter the last bit was more interesting but it was basically just riding the ship and I think Rainbow (laughs) Rowell she writes fantastic romance like it's really cute but my main problem with this book is it is exactly like Dreary, and for those of you who don't know Dreary is romantic pairing between Draco Malfoy and Harry Potter from the Harry Potter series and there are so many parallels between this book and Harry Potter it's 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 not even like a coincidence i'm pretty sure and you could probably find better dreary fan. You okay? You can find better dreary fan fiction on like Wattpad or Ao3. So I don't think this book is worth your time.
0: I agree. <laughs> and also, this book has a sequel.
1: Oh yeah, I have not read that, but I don't read the sequel. <laughs> you read it, right?
0: I did read the sequel. I thought. Oh my God, the ship is finally together. I was waiting for the ship, the entire book. So this second book will be all about the ship and it will just be fluff and I'll get to enjoy it. Uh But it turns out that the book starts with them basically not being together. And the whole book is them finding out how to romantically love each other again while they're running through America.
1: I don't know about the move to take it to america that seemed like a odd decision on the writer's part um i have yep. not read it the second book is called wayward sun because it's carry on wayward sun and oh i don't think i'm planning to read this book do you think that's a wise decision
0: i think that is a wise decision <laughs> and i think you would save this i know this is going to be offensive because i know people adore this this book book like i have friends who love this book but i know it is a waste of time i have to read the second book (laughs) and if you don't believe us read the first book
1: i basically got kicked out of my middle school book club because i talked about how much i did not like carry on and i just got attacked by the other members so i think
0: the reason i don't like it so much is because I read Rainbow Rowell's other books first, um, which are Eleanor and Park and Fangirl, and her realistic fiction is really, really good. And I don't think there's the same level of
1: yeah. I, I it's haven't it's not read the Ele- same
0: in fantasy format.
1: I haven't read Eleanor and Park, but I have read Fangirl. It's it's pretty good, so I think that one would be worth checking out. All right, I think it's time to talk about our next book, which is another hot take. And this is Turtles All the Way Down by John Green. Do you want Do you want to talk about this book? I think you're better at plot summaries okay. Can I just like start ranting. <laughs> okay, this is about... And I don't remember character oh names. Oh my God, I, do- I don't remember the main character's name. I think it's Azza i think that sounds yeah like that i topic. think it's Azza. so it follows this main girl named Azza, who um okay this plot summary is pretty hard because the plot is a little confusing there's no plot <laughs> but um basically it's sort of like a treasure honey type thing she has a best friend named daisy and it's I don't think it's as much about the plot and more about the characters itself which we'll get into um Mm -hmm. yeah do you do you want to talk about the do you want to talk about the mental health representation
0: yeah so i think so as the main character um she has ocd in the book and really big props to john green first of all before we kind of <laughs> roast him bash him yeah i think john green did a really good job researching this book because ocd is super hard to represent but i do think that the way ocd was represented it kind of validated a lot of the bad actions that asa had in the book
1: i want to talk about this because i think this is my main problem with john green's books and it's that his characters are not likable. I don't know what you think about this, but if you think like um Hazel from Fault in Our Stars, if you think um uh Pudge from Looking for Alaska, like these aren't very memorable characters and I think especially in this book as a although she does suffer from mental health issues she is also not a very great person like she's she's pretty selfish and she's very mean to her friends for it seems like no reason and this boy who comes into play i can't remember his name but he um but he's he's nice to her and everything for some reason she's just not she's just, she's just not very kind to other people. And even to her best friend, she can be self-centered and she doesn't really um, pay attention to other people. And I feel like a lot of people say, oh, well, she's struggling with OCD. Like, that's like, you can't just say the, all those like things about her because she's struggling from this horrible thing. And that. All of that is true, but I do think even if you are struggling with mental health, as someone who, like, has struggled with mental health, it's it's really important that you still treat others well because I think, especially if you struggle with mental health, you should know that that's really important. I don't know. What do you think?
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And I think, I mean, I i'm okay with not having likable characters because i think having like always having likable characters can also be an issue because you're not really portraying all the like characteristics humans can have but i do think that like you said as ocd cannot justify how mean she is to people and how self-centered she is and i think or I hope John Green realizes that, but I wish he would have pointed out more directly in the
1: book. Yeah, another problem I had is her friend kind of called her out for it and said like, Oh, like you never ask me how I'm doing and you, you're always so focused on yourself and your own anxieties. And even after she pointed that out, there wasn't any character growth. And I think that was actually mm-hmm. my biggest problem was that there was such a good opportunity for character growth and relationship development in this book. And ultimately the, the book just kind of ended how it started. So I think that concludes our talk about, about our book recommendations, right? Yeah, I think that's it.
0: I hope that or- you guys can read some of these books and avoid some of these books. <laughs> and if you have any books you want us to read, please tell us and we will read them.
1: Oh, yeah. And if you have any good opinions or thoughts about books or your favorite books, you can send us an email and we would actually love that so much. You would, we would cry. If you send us an email, you're going to be our favorite person. And we promised we're going to use your guys' comments in future episodes and we really hope we hear from you guys. Yeah. Shall we do our songs? Oh, yeah. Really? So, Sarah, what song is stuck in your head right now?
0: Mm. There's a song called First Aid by Gus Dafferton that I really like. It has this nice, like... I've never heard of this. So. It has this nice beat in the background. And it doesn't really, like, follow the traditional, like, trajectory of a song like random chorus bits come in at random times and there's like this whole new chorus at the end.
1: I think it's a really cool song. What about you? Oh, okay. So right now, I think it would have to be Sweater Weather by The Neighborhood, which is probably one of my all-time favorite songs just because I've talked about K-Fog before. This is a very K-Fog song. If you if you live in the Bay, you know what I'm talking about. Um, It's, oh, it's just... It's it's just I just think it's a fantastic song. I know some people don't like it. It I think it appeals to a very certain group of people. But anyway, yeah. Great. Thank you guys for listening. I'm so glad you made it to the end of the podcast. Um <laughs> please, please, please email us. We would love you with to with anything us. you can tell us you can tell us your favorite fandoms or if you have any questions for us, we would be happy to hear to give you any advice on really anything related to teenage life also
0: just say hi you can email us and say hi
1: we just we just really want emails (laughs) (laughs) anyway bye thank you guys for listening